Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to my independence report. It's Wednesday. Eric Hall, the transit transient, is here. How are you, Eric? I'm good, sir. I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm great. I'm wearing your hat. I like Thank it. you. Oh, I wonder where I left that. Oh, it looks good on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I am so glad. It's so great to have you here again. Because nice we got you. lots to talk about. A couple things. First of all, um, I know that you are I, so many people that that appear on this channel. Uh, Nastasha for one, uh, Coriel for another. They're they just as soon stay away from politics. They just as soon stay away from what's happening in the world today. Because if it doesn't, you know, necessarily affect them directly, they they feel like it provides too much negative energy, and which it does at times. Um, but I. I follow the philosophy that we need those those of us that need to know stuff like that. It's important that we know so that we can act responsibly. What do you think about that? With all due respect to their views on life, because what they do is very valuable to the human experience. And probably I, I feel that what they do for people um they need to separate themselves from that types of energy. So I understand what they're saying. But what I will say about politics is that it's very difficult, impossible, to separate politics from uh, social norms, from social interactions. And this week, for example, this week is significant because just as necessity is the mother of invention, our better angels are born out of necessity. In other words, you know, humans, as awful as we get, and disgusting as we get, narcissistic as we get, we also have the ability to become better people, mm -hmm. as have we have in this past year. With uh, and man, you know, black, we have to take some time and acknowledge what Black Lives Matter has done over the past year. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because I think they've been significant, not only in bringing awareness into, you know, the, the injustice that has been happening to uh, so many, not just uh, black lives, but uh, brown lives and, you know, uh, lives in general, the injustices that uh, have been perpetuated perpetuated on on human beings in general but particularly black lives because the proportion of violence that's uh put on black lives by our systemic uh, processes not just uh law but uh, in our voting process and, and our spiritual process i mean like brown you heard about brown university this week right uh remind me well, this is uh, rather significant, and this is worth a discussion, or maybe another time. They're dropping their classics studies, literary studies. Why would they do that? Well, because it's a uh, European-based. Oh, 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 okay. Which is a, a, a white history, and this is where it gets difficult because. And I, I say this with, I, I want to be clear, because white history is difficult to separate out of American history. You can't. You can't separate it out of American history. You can't separate white history out of European history. You can say that it's been running the forefront because it's been economically successful in the way of... Uh, also in producing new technologies, which we're going to talk about pretty soon. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's, been leading, 
it's been leading the way in invention and discovery and, and all these things, but we haven't been solely responsible for this. And this is where the narcissism of white society is so apparent because brown and blacks and yellows and, and the uh, native uh, cultures have all contributed. And it, it's been kind of uh, brushed aside. And I don't know what Brown University or uh, Howard University's uh, concept of dropping the classics, but this is a bit of, uh, they're getting some pushback, not only by their own students, but Harvard and Yale and say, that's a bad idea. You can't do this. And so even people of color are pushing back and saying, stories that we all have to learn because a lot of these great stories, the Iliad and, and what have you, even Tom Sawyer with all of those uh, horrible words in it, the N-words and uh, other uh, racial slurs. These are important parts of our history, and this is how people talk back, back then. We have to know this and understand what happened to us in the past to move forward. No, I, I, so, I couldn't agree more. So that's part of the discussion, and this is how it ties into what's happening this week. And this is why we owe Black Lives Matter so much, because they're moving us forward. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw. I want to throw uh, uh, the Me Too movement in on that too. Because yes, because we're talking you. about that in a in because in one in one respect we have Black Lives Matter, and we're seeing young kids. Yesterday, uh, or the day before, a 13 year old boy with his hands up is shot and killed. Uh, somebody else was in his car was shot and killed you know so we're seeing that that's very open that's very but there's the 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 me too movement is very dark and it's very quiet and it's in it's in behind closed doors of how of how people are treating women and stuff so i just wanted to throw that in there as well so keep I'm going. glad you did i'm glad you did because there's this self-powering movement that's come on over the past couple of years and you know what <laughs> we talk about the birth of better angels uh -huh. and the necessity for birthing better angels. So we have to take a nod to what causes the necessity. Uh, bad angels. <laughs> bad angels, which is obviously, you know, the prior administration, which is still happening with uh, Taylor Green there. And, you know, this uh, nightmare that's going on with Gates. I could, I could not believe <sighs> that there was actually on the news, it was like CNN, that she wants to create an Anglo-Saxon party or a, a movement of, and now I don't know about you, but but I saw I saw Braveheart, and there weren't <laughs> any black people in Braveheart. <laughs> No, but they did have some Irish people that were, you know, the black people of the white people. <laughs> That's, the, the potato eaters of that day, yeah, they were. But but it was, but all of those, it, it's, you know, Anglo-Saxons basically is code for white people. Yeah, you know, and she's had to walk that back because she got a lot of pushback from some of the Republicans. And Which, now she's just claiming that, you know, some staff member did a draft I never said of that. <laughs> exactly. That's what she's saying. I no, I now got me. I don't know where that came from. You wrote <laughs> it. Saxon. I'm not even familiar with the word. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So so continue on. You're making good points. So Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter. I think was the birth of the better angels that uh, marched in to the deeper part of society, to the greater part of society. And not only brought us, you know, and Stacey Adams, who is definitely one of the heroes, one of the great people in our democracy. And she's in Georgia from Georgia. And she's correct? in Georgia. And yeah. I think was, you know, hugely responsible for opening the doors of Georgia uh, that brought in the Democrats and, and also with a black lives matter. I think they're very largely responsible for helping getting Biden and Harris elected because they opened the doors to black people voting, getting mm -hmm. them activated. 
So they uh, got people off the ground, got people motivated. They went out and they got voted. The churches were involved to get out and, and vote. And now we've got Biden-Harris and, and people are motivated. We've got momentum for better angels, for better things to happen in our world. And, you know, look what happened. A police officer that uh, committed murder, nine nine minutes and what is it, 48 seconds, nine minutes? Something, something like that. Um, and and eternity, damn. eternity when you, when you, if you, now have you watched that from beginning to end? I did not. I did at one time because I couldn't believe that this was actually happening in, in the United States. Um, because when he, at one point, uh, Mr. Floyd was, uh, um, on the ground with his, with the, the man, the murderer, is uh, um, a knee on his neck, and he was calling for his mother. It's like uh, I, I, that can't be happening in the United States of America. We can't. We can't be that. We can't be that callous. Uh, that that a policeman and and not only that, there were four policemen on the scene, and so this guy was doing that, and there were guys standing there watching him do that. Um, it, it was horrific. It, it was the, the most, and, and, you know, but your point is really well taken because I love it because times are changing and you know why times are changing video camera, video camera. That's right. That's right. Because if that hadn't been, there was a seven, apparently there was a 17 year old girl who that she is responsible for that video. And from beginning to end, and it has she she testified, and she was crying on the stand because she felt so badly that she had not done anything more to uh, to interrupt it and to say and to save um, um, Mr. Floyd's life. Um, and there were other people that were in the same way, but but what do you do? I mean, if you were if you were confronted with that situation, what would you do? It's um, what can you do? I you don't know, know. To, because you know you've seen this before, and four police officers standing there watching it, and they're holding the crowd at bay. Rather the rather phys, maybe not physically, but they're watching the crowd. And if you move against that police officer, he's going to zap you with that taser and the police officers are going to move in and beat you <clears throat> and pin you down. Even though you have the moral, you have the moral duty to, well, I shouldn't say moral duty. Yeah. You have the moral duty, the moral right to step in and say, Hey, this is out of hand, but you physically cannot because you know, you're facing what is basically soldiers that have been trained to do exactly what they have. And this is the problem. This is why they're talking about restructuring the police. And that this is where Democrats are, are so bad at messaging <laughs> because <laughs> yes, they, they say defund the police. That's not what they mean. They mean restructure. They should have said restructure from the beginning. And this would have, you know, saved all kinds of trouble. Probably would have helped the Black Lives Movement early on if they just said, we need to restructure the police. Because defund the police sounds like mayhem, like you want to put out police departments and not have police departments. And that's, Republicans know that's not what we mean. But politically, that's how they're going to act. What we because, really mean is that we want to take some of the, we, we want to change the dynamic of when are the police called and why are they sent someplace when it may not be appropriate for them to be their first responders. They're, they're, they almost need to create a different type Somebody, somebody that that has the ability, if there is a dangerous situation, to act, but has a more of a of a complete understanding of what's going on with people, so that we don't 
the gun, the guy with the gun isn't the first guy there. That's right. I mean, you and I saw people on the bus all the time or in the streets all the time. You don't need force. You need somebody that can understand gibberish. <laughs> and, you know, and there's people out there that understand gibberish and can, can help the gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> our, pol our police officers, our policing started in the Wild West and it started with policing our slaves. Yes. <clears throat> and it's been built and inherent in policing slaves. So, yeah. of course, it's violent and a hard pushback and zero tolerance. I was at uh, on the Soto Busway, and, and I was, uh, it, it was right there at uh, Spokane Street, and the bus was stopped, and a cop pulls up on the other side. There's a... Um, a couple of black kids there, um, uh, born a girl, as I recall. And the guy steps out of his vehicle and he says, come here. So the, the, uh, young man starts walking towards him and gets into the street. And the, then the policeman says, get out of the street. All right. Now, wait, you told me that you wanted me to come to you. Now, to come to you, I have to go get in the street, and now you're telling me to not get in the street, and you're yelling at me for, what? would you make up your damn mind? What What, what am I, what, what was that kid supposed to do to comply uh, completely when he, when the instructions, I didn't get the instructions, and I was, I was just sitting there. It had nothing to do with me. Um, so, and that's happening all that's happening a lot, but I'm so glad that you brought this up, Eric, because I think that overall we are entering into a new time and that time is in Georgia, a red state for sure forever. Um, and the reason it was a red state is because they had figured out a way to keep people from voting. Those people that had never voted before were not energized because they didn't think it it would ever happen. That's right. They didn't think that they could. Their vote made a difference because people had been told that for a hundred years, one hundred and fifty years. Your vote doesn't, and if you if you vote the wrong way, you could end up hanging in a tree from the Jim Crow era. And so right. it wasn't. But then. A miracle happened, and everybody got energized. And when they got energized, they voted. And when they voted, the people that they wanted to win won. And so now they can see that they can they can make a difference. That their the power in their vote makes a difference. And so now the the Republicans and other conservatives are coming back saying. You know what? I think it's a damn shame that we vote on Sundays. So let's let's make a law that we're not going to vote on Sundays anymore. We've been voting on Sundays for a hundred years, and now suddenly it's because the church, the 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 black churches in in uh, Georgia have gotten together and they said, "All right, we're going to get us some buses, and we are going to have adventures to go to vote." That's what we're going to do. And so now they're, we're saying the, the, the concern, no, no, we don't think you should be voting. And, and they've even said it out loud. I saw, I saw that. Uh, was it a congressperson? Yes. It was the lady. Yeah. I don't even call her name. It was disgusting. They yeah. weaponize the Bible. Anytime they, they, they think they can, they will weaponize the Bible. And and so that that uh, they they thought no 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 you know we should not be uh, voting on Sundays we should the not Sabbath. have so many voting play the so Sabbath. many voting. it's the Sabbath it's Sabbath. and uh, and and we should have fewer voting places and and stuff like that because they want to control but it scared the hell out of them that that when people got energized and motivated they came out and voted uh, what was it a hundred and eighty million people the most of all time voted for the president of the united states yes. yes and 173 voted for the other guy which 
is a story that we're going to have to talk about at one point. <laughs> it's like half of our country's nuts, I think. Yeah, that, and I think there's a reason for that, though, but uh, we can talk about that at another time. I think economics is, uh, well, economics is a, what do they say about a, an attractive girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know if this, is, if this is true or not, but you, you don't want to have an attractive girlfriend. You want to have an ugly girlfriend because if you have an <laughs> ugly girlfriend and she leaves you, you don't really care. If she's beautiful and she leaves you, that's a heartbreaking thing. That's the heartbreaking thing. You know, it's a trophy wife is what a is what a, a, the economics of it is. And it, it's all... Well, the Republicans are far better at messaging than the Democrats. That, that's very true. But if you want to see a trophy wife, yeah. You hold on. Hey, honey, come here. <laughs> Yay. Oh, wait. That's a picture that's on the wall. <laughs> oh. like, I got confused. I, oh. <laughs> see. Well, at least it's on the wall and not on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know I haven't got one there, too? Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> no, when I oh uh, no, that's an, that's an, that's another bad story. Um, have you have you ever have you ever had one on the ceiling? Have you ever speaking of things on the ceiling? Have you ever been to Vegas and you get into a, a really nice suite and it's a king size bed and it's on a pedestal and you've got a, a little kitchenette there and you got a full living room and you got a, uh, it's 75 inch TV and all that. And then you go get into bed and you look up and there's a mirror. It's, it's, it, it's a full length mirror. It covers the entire length and width of the bed. And then you wake up in the morning and look up and it's scary when that happens. I know what the hell you never want to see yourself having, you know, you just don't, <laughs> not me anyway. It kind of ruins it. <laughs> and and today uh, the, the sponsor of the hour is brought to us by Paulette <laughs> who's going to keep us on the straight and narrow which is which is very important for for a couple of old dudes like us it's you know so i i <laughs> will try and behave Paulette i'm sorry but uh um but getting back to black lives matter and uh um um the Me Too movement. I think that because we they are now seeing some victories. The response. Did you watch the response that as the verdict was being read of what what these people that were all gathered around each other, what the, what they were doing and what they were saying, and they were jumping up and down, and it, it, that made that made tears come to my eyes. Made my day, man. Yeah, that was, uh, with all, all due respect of the deceased, you know, it, it was kind of beautiful, really. At least people got to share something really uh, wonderful. You know, it created a beautiful moment, and people got to rejoice. Black lives finally matter. There was an acknowledgement. And they got the message. They got the message. And that's going to continue. I think it's 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 not going to be a one-off thing. It's not going to be. It's it's going to be that that people all over. Well, your native your native people, uh, the native Indian uh, population, and they the last uh, what has it been? Oh, 150, 175 years. Uh, when from the time when there were literally millions of Native Americans across the country, uh, the creeks down in uh, um, Florida, the Cherokees that were in the middle of the country, the Sioux, the Nez Perce, all of these, all of these tribes that were that populated this this country, and were systematically eliminated. And that's one of the things that they don't talk about in the history books nearly as, uh, as much as they should, is how in, uh, all of those people were, were killed and eliminated and died of starvation or of disease and that sort of thing. And it, it, uh, um, it changed the, the entire um, 
it changed the dynamics of what was going on with with those people and it's it, it really was a shame and they had no choice now the same thing isn't going to hold true with black lives matter because they're sensing they're getting the fact that they they're getting victories they can win so they're going to take care of that they're going to take care of that and there there is trickle down effects unlike trickle down economics this will have trickle down effects <laughs> oh i think so this think will be so. inclusive yeah it will be, you know, the power of the camera is going to be paramount. Do you remember, um, I, it was just dawned on me, uh, do you remember, oh, a dozen years ago or so, they had the Arab Spring? Remember when they were talking about that? The Arab Spring? The Arab Spring. It was in, in uh, the Middle East with uh, when um, Mubarak was overthrown in Egypt and uh libya was overthrown Gaddafi was overthrown and because everybody got together on social media on their phones and oh yeah i do recall something about that and, and they were they got together and they were able to form and and complete a a movement virtually without having to in the olden days you had to go to a meeting and then everybody go to a meeting and then you'd all get together and you'd try and get more here that's all all digital it's all all online and so people can get together and form and that's what happened i think in the election this this last time is that people got on got on their phones and said mama are you coming to vote let me come get you and and people took it seriously and that's what's happening what are you laughing about <laughs> because it reminds me of was it trump's first campaign rally that um they put together this huge event at some stadium or some place and they had like uh, sixty thousand tickets to sell or to reserve, they were free tickets. Oh, and oh the, this last this last election. Yeah, and yeah. there are these young, you know, millennials. Is that what they call this generation? The next generation. They went yeah. online and they reserved all these tickets, and Trump was, you know, emotionally erect for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is America speaking. And he showed up, and there was, you know, maybe a couple hundred people in the audience. <laughs> He was so pissed. His hair was just, you know, his, you know, twelve hairs was hanging all over the place, and he just looked defeated. <laughs> Could you imagine his what went through his mind? Because as what they done is they arranged uh, this um, 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 uh, arena, and then they had an overflow arena that they put up these big tv screens and stuff so that people and they were expecting 20 to thirty thousand people that's in the right. overflow that's right and then the rest of, and then the arena was going to be packed and he was flying <laughs> in on air force one dump, 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 here it come. and and they they looked over the side and there was nobody there <laughs> it was beautiful <laughs> it was beautiful. He was absolutely humiliated. The heads rolled that day, man. Heads <laughs> yeah. rolled. You know, and it wasn't long after that that uh, Giuliani was holding press conferences next to a porn shop. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if if the significance of that was actually if he caught on to if he was that unaware, and if his, his media people should be should be fired. Because that was the worst. What do you what do you call it? Uh, um, analytics, not analytics. The for worst. Uh, Paulette, help us here. Um, um, it was the visual, the the, the worst visual, worst visualization of anything they could have done. Man, it's not hard to check that stuff. You wouldn't think. No. You wouldn't think, and and uh, um, we all have Google Maps. <laughs> I have Google Maps on my phone. I can go to that address right now and see the porn shop and see the landscape company there, and go, Donnie, this is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and and you wonder. When Actually, I would say, Don, this is a great idea, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, and you wonder if uh, uh, when that was going on, 
and you had the, the uh, CNN news cameras there and MSNBC, and, and they were panning the area and stuff. And I wonder when they noticed that there was a porn shop in the, in, in the background. I, <laughs> Seriously, how did Giuliani miss that? I, because he's an old fool at at this point i think i i you know there was a time when he when uh 9-11 happened and he was america's mayor and 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 stood up for uh, uh law and order and all of that but something happened to him over time i think you're right i wonder i wonder how you know because as much as it pains me to say this he he pretty sharp guy at one time he was obviously a sharp guy something happened something happened yeah because I, I something had to have happened i i don't know what i don't know what he may he bought into hook line and sinker the uh trumpism that was out there that trump somehow i don't understand it i was watching something about QAnon again yesterday did you watch anything about those guys not yet not recently no oh well they're they're still active uh, they're, they're still believing that the, the CNN guy faced, he was uh, doing an interview and he faced an impossible situation. Uh oh. Now, you know Tom Hanks. You know who Tom Hanks is. I, I've, I've heard of him. Yes, the actor. Run, run. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Run for it. Run for <laughs> it. Run for it. It's like a box to chop shrimp. Shrimp, shrimp salad, shrimp, creole, shrimp. <laughs> grilled shrimp. <laughs> Baked shrimp, shrimp, shrimp. Yep. And in any event, two hours later, two hours later, that's about it. So the uh, the uh, um, the CNN news guy was talking to somebody who was a QAnon follower, and 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 one of their main premises is that there are celebrities and there are other people that that are killing babies, taking their blood so that they can live longer. Uh, there's, there's some particular um, uh, thing in their blood. And we're going to talk about health here in a minute, but there's something that's in their blood that, that supposedly, and when they extract it, it can help people live longer. And uh, um, of course, and so the CNN guy goes, so do you believe that Tom Hanks is a pedophile? And he said, well, can you prove he's not? I've never met Tom Hanks. I have no idea who that guy, who he is, but I know from his, his background and stuff that he has never had any trouble. He's never been involved with that. And he said, well, how come he's famous then? So maybe because, you know, he's a good actor. Uh, maybe, maybe he's at the top of his craft. And No, it's because he eats children. So we're here to save the children from Tom Hanks. And the, the CNN guy was like, there's, there's no talking to these people. You can't, you can't, it's, it's, it's like that, that old, that old saying, um, hi, Eric, are you still beating your wife? <laughs> you know, you just want to stab your head. Yeah. So, so like, are you still beating your wife? It's like you, you can't win there because if you say no, then that means you were. And if you say yes, then you still are. So, you, so that's one of those. And, and there are people that are in our little planet that, that are doing stuff like that. And now they've taken over. You know, there's a group called uh, Save the Children. It's been around. It's a nonprofit group that's been around for a hundred years. They're now co-opting that brand and utilizing uh, "Save the Children" hashtag Save the Children from the pedophiles that are. Um, <laughs> Hillary Clinton is one of the pedophiles. Is she still renting out that pizza place downstairs and cooking okay. them in a pizza oven? That no. Do you know that that guy that somebody went in there? And trying to save the children, and they found out there was no basement. Well, there's no basement. No. How do we know they just didn't cover up the door? 
Well, apparently not. But uh, I don't know. I, well, they looked at the plans, apparently. But there would never been a basement there, and there was no basement there. Besides the fact that, can you imagine Hillary, Trin, Hillary Clinton trying to run down a 13-year-old or a 7-year-old kid? They, she'd never catch him. So, you know. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> she would wear out her pantsuit getting trying to save or would catch fire just from the friction <laughs> shame on me i feel bad i'm sorry hillary <laughs> he, he, didn't mean it. he didn't mean shame he, he didn't mean it so so anyways it's been it's i think it's been a good week just just like you um I, I, you know, <laughs> after hearing shit like that, you just feel stunned. Well, then let's let's change subject, shall we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> For two reasons. Number one, uh, I I believe that right now. The federal government has got uh, the, the word out that anybody who uses the term QAnon, the satellite starts moving back and forth, they, <laughs> zeroing in on the radio waves of where it's coming from. And it's like, I didn't mean it. I didn't say that, really. I, you know, so. Um, but uh, but any, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I want. I wanted to get to because uh, last last week we talked about UFOs, and it was pretty timely because suddenly more pictures have emerged, and yeah. there's a new device that's going into space, in that we're launching in the next uh, uh, little bit that is going to uh, be able to pick up radio waves and that kind of. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but you sent me something during the week that we need to explore. <laughs> See, mankind left to their own devices. You know, somebody really should be in charge here. And I don't, I don't know, you know, who should be in charge. But obviously, we're a little bit disorganized. And, and God help us, we are a creative species. And we have, oh, how do you say, moments of brilliance. And for good or bad, we have moments of brilliance. And there is uh, some fantastic people out there, absolutely brilliant. And we know... You know, uh, the big ones like uh, Bezos and uh, what's that guy uh, from Tesla that is, has his own SpaceX and um, those guys that actually, you know, have his own space program. Who grows up and starts their own space program? <laughs> Monk. Monk. What's it? Monk? What, what, huh? What's his name? Uh, what's his name? Tesla? I don't, I, I don't know. I forget I his name. I should know that. Multi-billion dollar rich guy who's putting stuff into space. Yeah. And that's what he does for a hobby. Wouldn't that be a nice hobby to have? Wouldn't that be? That's a hobby. You know, I have a, I have a telescope. That's my version of space right there. That, that's what I was able to achieve is a, a telescope right there. That's oh, as far into space. Yeah, that's an aquarium that I have to clean today. That's why I got the light off because I'm sick of looking at it. But well, that's no, that's the, uh, the white the white thing next to it. Is that is that the uh, water a heater? No, that's or, a telescope. That's, holy crap, that's a big telescope. Well, it's a 10 inch Dobsonian telescope. Oh, very nice. And you I know, don't know what that is, but very nice. That telescope uh, style has been around since Newton. Newton. Uh, is the guy that invented that technology, and it's still working. Just a simple mirror and an eyepiece. And it's been around for hundreds of years, and there's no improving on it. On um, that style, you can get uh, electronics and uh, mirrors and get them smaller. But for the price, this is the best way to still reach the stars, and that's how I do it. But uh, there's people out there that explore space for real, or they go down into submarines and make movies, you know. But yep. uh, my version is to... Uh, get a telescope. But anyway, so there are brilliant people out there that come up with uh, wild things. And somebody that you probably haven't heard of is this a guy that runs the Pelling Lab. The what? Now, Dr. Pelling Lab. Now, Pelling is this uh, bioengineer that uh, has been 
started as a kid that started going through garbage like we all did as kids you know we all went through the garbage <laughs> oh, yeah, every day. and That's we built lunch. <laughs> yeah. and some of us built you know robots and some of us just went through the garbage to eat but this guy would build robots out of parts or uh he put uh, stacked vegetables together and uh he was cooking one day and uh, he he looked at uh, some asparagus as he was cutting the ends, and he noticed that you look at the end of an asparagus and it looks like a spinal cord. Okay, all right, I see, I can see that. And he said, you know, I wonder if I can uh, cure paralysis if I cut this up and use this as a base for uh, cells to adhere to. And have those cells, they call it regenerative medicine challenge. So it's a healing of the interracial, interfacial zone between tissues is what he created. Now, this has been done through 3D printing. And the problem with 3D printing is that the 3D printing tissue is not alive, is not alive matter. So by using vegetable tissues as a base, they can adhere our stem cells, which are not specialized, that will become specialized when they're uh, attached to the body or done in specific uh, ways or the odds of the body rejecting these new body parts that are being grown is hugely reduced. So he has like, and he's found that this can be done with other body parts like uh, the ear. In fact, he started with an ear. He found an apple and said, well, you cut this and it sort of looks like an apple. So he, his wife is a violin maker. So she, he said, can you carve an ear out of this apple? And she said, sure, honey. So she carved a, a, an ear that uh, out of this apple. And she said, here you go. And he put some stem cells on this Petri dish and drew a human ear. Said, thank you very much. Now, the ear worked, and he got the asparagus, and it turned out to be viable. And, and he practiced on some rats or mice, and, you know, they would go into the mice, and they'd cut the spinal cord, and the mice would sort of drag their back feet. And it would take a couple of weeks before the mice could, you know, bring their feet up and start walking again. But uh, it turned out that this asparagus spinal cord could work. And these mice now, after, you know, a month, six weeks, are now walking around pretty much, pretty much normal. And they expect to have a full recovery. So not only is he making spinal cords work again and making human ears, but he extrapolates that uh, other body parts can be achieved. So, so that means that uh, you can... You can live indefinitely then if you can redo your heart, if you can redo your liver uh, after you killed it, you can, you know, redo it and uh, you'll be fine. That's a, that's a, that's pretty amazing to the point. This is and he doesn't stop there because our first concept of this is going to the hospital and having some sort of surgery done. Right. Mm hmm. He has a concept of making a home kit that you can order on Amazon. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it comes with, you know, it's a, it's a box that Amazon sends out to you of molds and, you know, ears and nose and what have you for, you know, fingers. If you're a woodworker, you might need another finger. Or, you know, if you're a certain somebody that makes certain kind of films, you may want a different appendage. Or, you know, what have you. <laughs> you can have this stuff 
in your refrigerator <laughs> so that you can just take some stem cells and grow your own stuff. Now, how do they, how do you um, um, code the stem cells to know what it is that they're growing? Well, this is where Andrew Pelling makes it simple for us. Dr. Oh, Andrew Pelling and Eric Hall will not do it justice to explain it. However, <laughs> I will say the engineered tissue interface, it already has a lining structural. So it's just a matter that the lining is already structurally made. So it's a matter of putting the tissues on there and the tissues grow into that structure. Hmm. So it's pretty much like following directions on a Lego directional kit. Oh. Yeah. So you can say, and so, and he's serious about this. He's serious. When did you, when did, where did you read this from? Because I see you're reading something. What is, who published that? Well, I first caught him on TED Talks, but then I went to his websites. Uh, well, his website, the Pelling Lab. And it's got a list of his publications because he's been printed just about everywhere. I mean, anywhere there is bioengineering or medical information, the guy's been published. And people take him seriously. And this guy, man, he's probably 35 at the most. But, I, you know, obviously he's not right in the head, as geniuses so often are not. And I say that with great compliment because when I say he's not right in the head, he's sane. But he's just a different kind of guy. And he knows it. You know, he's got a terrific sense of humor and he knows that it's strange that somebody looks at a, some asparagus and sees a, a spiral, you know, a spinal cord and the rest of us sees, you know, holiday sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows he's a little bit out there. And when most of us see apple pie, we think of whipped cream or ice cream and he thinks of human ears. Yes. So... What's she say? This new discovery kind of brings new meaning <laughs> to grow up there. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So, so supposedly, so what went, so given this new bit of information, you can reconfine and redo your body any way you want to. Mm -hmm. And so you can, you can create a pair or you can create the trifecta and of any size, shape, and and but then you have to do something with the old ones. So that that of course, if it's you know, so but everything has a purpose, and you know, it's it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen that it's going to that it will work, and in a hundred years we'll be saying, oh yeah, no, that's easy. Well, the morality of this is interesting too. Because we've all been horrified when we saw that mouse that was growing the ear on the back. You know, the chimaras are something biblical, right? I think there's some mention of the goats. I'm not sure. I, that, that I'm not sure. Um, there was something about, um, I'm no expert on the Bible, but there, chimaras have been a, a point of discussion about morality. And chimaras don't have to be actually physically moving around. They can be existing in a Petri dish, you know, with seven or eight cells of pig and, you know, three or four cells of human. And they are alive and it's considered a chimara. Oh, okay. and, and that has some uh, morality issues because should we be doing that? Are we playing God? And, you know, I understand there's a gray, there's a gray area there. But since this is plant life, this kind of skirts the ground. I know this is where, you know, we have an interesting conversation with Quariel coming because if plants do have souls, then we are, may not be skirting the issue like uh, we think we are. And this brings us back to that conversation <laughs> if aliens want to eat us, <laughs> aren't we just making the buffet table a little bit tastier? Well, here's the other here's the other question: is um, um, at what point 
can we reproduce ourselves so that we can live our lives a lot longer? Um, you know, so that rather than getting uh, lung cancer, you just replace the lung. It's, you know, go to the lung shop and get a new one um, or <laughs> have a smoke there, boy. And uh, or but, but morally, is that something that we want to get into the world of? Well, you know, a lot of science fiction programs have said uh, time is what defines a human experience. And if we don't have to deal with time, then the human experience is no longer defined by time. So we'd okay. have to reevaluate what the human experience is and how we uh, deal with the aspect of time. And that brings us back to, you know, population control and our existence on other planets. And then, you know, conquering, because we conquer. Uh, well, we do. Yeah, existing on other planets. That changes our whole motivational aspect. And should we, because we can. Right, right. Should we? Well, and and I have another theory about that uh, as to why we should not. Because vegetables or exist for? Exist for a lot longer than we already do. Okay. And the reason for that is that you can change somebody's liver. You can give them a new heart. You can give them new lungs. But can you change their mind? Can you can they evolve into a more enlightened being, or are they? Uh, let me give you an example. If there was somebody that that was uh, from the south, they're in their fifties now, and they get it, they get a new lungs, they get new heart, and they live to be one hundred and fifty years old, but they've been bigoted their entire life, and they've been racist most of that. That means that that individual is going to continue to vote for one hundred and fifty years as a racist motherfucker. Excuse me. Uh, son of a bitch, and uh, um, that's not that's not really going to move the species forward. You follow what I'm saying, there, son? <laughs> I think I do. You know, and that's that's why we have to keep ourselves open to what defies us, defines us as humans. Because would they? Would they? Would what? they? Would they change their mind? I think it was Mash. I think it was MASH. Do you remember MASH where they had the episode where they did a transfusion on a guy from the South with a, a, a white guy from the South with some black guy's blood and they put shoe polish on this guy and turned him because he said up front, I don't want, I don't want black blood in me. Don't put his blood in me. And they put blood in him to save his life. <laughs> and he woke up with, you know, <gasps> <laughs> Yes, indeed. So, and he so, was humble, and he was humbled by it, and he sort of changed his mind. But he might be unique, and you know, it makes a better story. It, it that it does. That it well, does. he's not going to go home and talk to his mama. I got black blood in me now, mama. Let's she let's might, ask the she might disown him. She might disown him. Yeah, but but see, so so if we're not prepared to evolve and to change and to grow. And, and to utilize the gifts that, that God gave us and move forward. Um, and we're going to be stuck with the same. So I, I had no people that are 90 years old, haven't changed a bit in, in forever. And they, I don't want them to live to be 150 years old because all that's going to do is defeat, defeat positive change. And at least in, in my humble opinion. You got a good point. So, but but on the other hand, uh, taking a cucumber and making that would be fun to watch anyway. <laughs> See, there's there's a whole new sect for movies there. <laughs> the attack of the tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know? the, there is a movie called The Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, one of the great movies of all time. <laughs> speaking of speaking of great movies and uh, and um, stuff in the in the news about ufos and stuff did you see the pictures from the did you look it up and look at the pictures from this week yeah the, the pyramids at, and the, yeah yeah wow and it was on fox news i know that's the one i watched on fox news of all places 
it was pretty amazing. Then, and did you see the one that, of the uh, uh, UFO that went into the water? That one I missed. Uh, it, it went into the water and did not come back up. Um, wow. which I'm still a firm believer since, and I looked this up 95% of the world's oceans have not been explored. Man, that is a huge 95%. Number. So I, so I propose this to you, sir. If you have somebody that can go at light speed for um and it have to be actually a lot because light speed it still takes 400 years to go to the next star um at and that's if at light speed so it needs to be like warp seven or warp 10 or whatever it would be if these structures are able to withstand that kind of pressure and to move that fast well, they could be underwater they could have a civilization under there that we would never know about yeah, they could, couldn't they? Yeah, since 95% of the oceans have yet to be explored, and we can't explore them because we don't have the technology to get down there and to be able to look wide enough. They they looked at the Mariana Trench, and uh, which is as deep as they've ever gone, which is about 13,000 feet, um, but they only could stay for a very short period of time and for just a few and just look at a few things so i think i i think that and it would make perfect sense i mean that they, that they were here they wouldn't want to bother us and so uh, uh but they wanted to Those keep people are stressed enough yeah <laughs> that's that's right Those people have got enough problems we don't they don't need more of us but now they're talking about this uh um the spaceship that we have developed that uh that can get out out of our atmosphere and because it's out of our atmosphere the the um, noise level and the um, the background noise level is a lot less and they can point it at far away stars and they think they can prove within the next 10 years that there is either there is or there isn't life on other planets well that's exciting we might still be around for that we we might since I'm going to live to be 150. I've just yeah, you that. can you can order order some uh, cucumbers and uh, asparagus, man. Well, you know Get you wonder because the lungs are kind of a big big uh, item. How would you how would you what would you cut into a lung? I don't know, maybe a pumpkin because it's got those uh, oh, there you go. Uh, veins and stuff, and you're going to need veins and a little membranes. You know, yeah, just get a big pumpkin. Maybe that's why you know Charlie Brown and and Lucy and those Linus uh, celebrated the great pumpkin. Maybe they knew something. Apparently they did. That was uh, Charles Schultz. Yeah, Charles Ooh. Schultz. He's a brilliant man. He, he certainly was. And uh, um, so, so in the last couple of weeks, we've discovered that Charles Schultz is a visionary, as is Gene Roddenberry. Whew. Who would have guessed, you know? I know. Who would have well, guessed? It's pretty yeah. amazing. What is, and we've been together. It's an, it's been an hour again, sir. God damn! <laughs> I guess so. It was so quick. Doesn't it, feel like we 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 covered everything yet, but I guess we did, didn't we? Is there is do we have more to cover? When what have we got to cover yet? Well, I guess we did. <laughs> <laughs> I just wow. Well, I, I just got to tell you, it's, it's just a lot of fun to, to keep up with uh, current events and stuff. And, and, you know, fortunately, we didn't have any riots on last night. And we didn't have, I don't think we did, did we? No riots. People were in the streets celebrating, you know, chanting uh, George Floyd's name and, um, you know, hugging each other and congratulating each other. It was, uh, it was a good night. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> I hope you don't say that too often. That's what my ex-wife says. But that's, that's, that's a story for another time. That's right. My, my I, what a relief. You know, it, it just shows how screwed up things were that we were worried about the outcome. 
you know, even yeah. with preponderance of facts on this case, there's just no question. I couldn't agree more. I was sitting there waiting for the verdict yesterday, and I was like, why am I concerned about this? I mean, to, to me, that was as obvious as the, 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 as anything. And, and the, the, um, they came back in such a short time that, you know, cause they were only out 10 hours. And, um, by the way, I'm sorry that you didn't get to go to your jury duty. Did they cancel you? No, actually, cause I'm on vacation this week. Oh, okay. and there's a little segment where you can put in, I'm, hey, I'm on vacation. Don't screw me up. And oh, they'll yeah. say, okay, well, pick a week. You can come back. So I picked June 7th, and now it's mandatory that I show up, which is, that's fine. Because I want to, I've never done jury duty. I'm looking forward to participating in the process. So I'll be there on it's June a, 7th. It's a fascinating process to watch and to, and to be part of. I've been, I've been part of, like I told you, I've been part of one jury. And uh, it's fascinating to watch how 12 strangers over a period of, uh, what were we together, about a week and a half, two weeks, that, wow. that we, everybody either comes together or they get in, they develop into factions. You know, this, the, we don't believe in that. And, you know, and so it's interesting. The, the, the people dynamics is really interesting. Wow. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. I'm, I'm going to put together a Star Trek uniform and make sure <laughs> that I, I use the principles of the Starfleet uh, to ad adhere to my views on our, our system. Now, having said that, <laughs> what's liable to happen for you, because <laughs> I've been on jury duty like four times, and I've wow. made it through one jury. Because what ends wow. up happening is you yeah. will get they you get in there you're, you're in a room with about 250 people if it's Damn. if it's downtown or if it's Kent uh, I don't know about Bellevue it's small, a lot smaller um, but you're in a room with about 250 people and it depends upon when they decide to seat the jury for different trials that they have going on at that moment and when they decide to and sometimes there's a delay and then they don't seat it for several days and then so you never get to be part of that one but sometimes uh, what they'll do is the, the court sends word that they want to commence with the jury selection um and so they'll pick 50 people out of the 250 and, and those 50 people go into the room and they sit there and uh, then they pick they pick 12 who are the primary people and everybody else just sits there. And then uh, the lawyers get to ask one and one by one, they get to ask those individuals questions and decide whether or not they're going to allow them to sit on the jury. And so sometimes they'll kick them off and then number 13. So it becomes like two to 13 or, or whatever it is. Um, so, that, and then there's a couple alternates after that. So you would sit there, you would sit there literally all day and probably into the next day while they're picking the jury. God damn. And then you, then of course you have the opening statements and, and you have no idea What's, it's it's really kind of weird because you have er, no earthly idea what's going to happen and what the case is about or anything about it. And the only thing that you know is it's either going to be civil or criminal. and uh, But you don't know any of the particulars. They keep all that stuff from you. You get to go uh, when the lawyers are, you know, like in the courtroom dramas when the defense lawyers and, and the uh, prosecutor, can we approach the bench, Your Honor? A lot of times they kick us out before they do that. So we don't oh. get to see anything that they don't want you to see. Wow. And so, so you're stuck in that room and then you have to make a decision and stuff like that. So it's, 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 it's very interesting. You'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Strangely. I want to go home at night. I hope they, you know, don't keep me there overnight. Most, most of them are not that most of them don't sequester. Okay. Um, only, the only ones that do are if they're high, high publicity and there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh attention paid to it. Um, mm. so 
and and then see what you could do then see as you go and then you come talk to us about what you did in the jury that day and then we'll send that to the court and they'll they'll put you in jail and they'll, <laughs> and they'll shoot and they'll shoot me so <laughs> but that would be an interesting podcast it, it, it <laughs> surely would it surely would well young man uh, i appreciate you um it's, it's been great fun and uh, you're going to come up with new things for next week yes yes i'm looking forward to next week as well what are you going to come up things with? in mind well there's well we should talk about the asians next you know the growing violence against asians um that's interesting that's one of those ripple down trickle down that i've been talking about because there's a lot of movement to protect them both uh both on their own systems, you know, they're, they're uh, having programs built where they can escort elderly people around because there's been a number of elderly people that have been attacked by young white males, which is interesting. I mean, we're talking 13, 14 year olds beating up 80, 90 year old Asian people, both men and women, 90 year old woman got beat up by a 13 year old kid here recently and a cat. 13-year-old kid, uh, lady was out walking her dog and her two cats. And uh, the kid took the cat and, and uh, took the leash of the cat and slammed the cat on the ground. Uh, yeah. You is know, that, I, was that around where we live? This was in New York. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, thank uh, God know, it didn't happen here, but it, it, it happened in New That's just... Because we, she's Asian, yeah. We are living in a really destructive time. Aren't we, though? Bye, Paulette. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks, Paulette. Do you realize that uh, there have been 48 mass sh shootings in the last 30 days? 48. In the last 30 days. God. See, if we had more guns, if we would just arm our guns with guns, we wouldn't have a gun problem. Really? That's the, that's the beauty of the NRA. That's the logic of the NRA. Because, you know, more toddlers kill their parents with guns than uh, people with guns kill people. Well, and it also has driven the suicide rate through the roof. That's right. So that's, that's, but that's, we'll discuss that next time. That's a worthy discussion. That's a yes. worthy discussion. On behalf of Eric Hall, he is the transit transient. My name is Kevin McDonald, and I hope that you guys, it's a beautiful day here in the Northwest. I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.